I want to preach to you in this series we've been in, Faith in the Wild, a message about defeating disappointment. But I, I really feel like instead of calling it defeating disappointment, I want to title it Prison Playlist. Turn to someone next to you and say, check out my prison playlist. Yeah, I'm about to give you a prison playlist to defeat your disappointment. Disappointment is inevitable, church. All of us in this room at some point in our life have faced disappointment or will face disappointment. Disappointment is part of the fallen world we live in. It's frustrating. Things don't always go our way, sometimes because our way wasn't the way it should have gone in the first place. Sometimes we're desiring things that God doesn't want us to desire. So when we don't get it, we're disappointed. But it's because God has someone better, something better. And then there's times where we are desiring the right things and it doesn't work out. It doesn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. When we face disappointment and disappointment is inevitable, we don't have to live in disappointment. I don't have to be defeated by disappointment. I can defeat disappointment. Disappointment is inevitable, but staying disappointed is optional. Listen, we're going to face things that are frustrating. And this passage, this story that I want to share with you today really is a recipe to defeat your disappointment. And it is a prison playlist. It's how to get through those disappointments in life that just frustrate you. So if you have a Bible, go to Acts 28. Acts 28. Yeah. And in this moment, Paul the Apostle has just gotten through a shipwreck that wasn't his fault. Uh, it was someone else's fault. Have you ever been disappointed, not because you did something wrong, but because someone else did something wrong? It wasn't even your fault. You're like, what? Why did that happen? And why is now it, it affecting me? Paul the apostle was on a ship. He was thrown in prison because he was preaching the gospel. He was advancing the kingdom of dark, uh, kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. Anytime you're advancing the gospel and the kingdom of light, you're going to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness. So you have to expect that, that that darkness is going to lash out. It's going to do whatever it can to stop you. So Paul is facing all kinds of setbacks. He goes through this crazy storm. He warns the captain, don't do this. Don't go that way. Don't sail into that storm. The captain ignores Paul, goes right into it. And then they find themselves stranded at sea, lost in a storm. God gives Paul a vision, says, you're going to get through this storm. This storm is not going to kill you. This disappointment is not your final scene. I want to speak that over someone today. This disappointment is not your final scene. This is not the final chapter. You're going to get through this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. What hell has tried to do to stop you, it cannot stop what heaven has already started. This thing that God started in you, he will be faithful to complete it. If God was faithful to start it, he's faithful to get you through it. So here Paul is, he finds himself in a disappointment, he's in a storm, he gets a vision from God. God says, you're going to make it, Paul. Not just you, but the entire group of people on this ship. You're all going to get through this storm. So they're stranded out at sea, the ship breaks apart, and then all of a sudden, they land on an island. And that's where we go into Acts 28. Have you ever been in a place that wasn't on your calendar. It wasn't on your agenda. This was not something you were planning to have happen. That's where Paul is at. It's an island called Malta. In verse one, it says, once safely on shore, we found out that this island we crashed on was called Malta. Paul wanted to be in Rome. He wanted to be preaching. He wanted to be ministering in Rome. But instead, instead, he was crashed by a storm that wasn't his fault. And he was landed on an island 
that wasn't a fun island. This was not a Caribbean island. This was not an island. This was not a vacation. Here he is. It's cold. It's wet. It's rainy. There's a group of people that are thinking about killing him and the other prisoners. And Paul has gone through all of this disappointment. If the devil cannot distract you, he'll destroy you with discouragement. The enemy will try to discourage you so that he can destroy you. He'll try to make you feel so disappointed with where your life is at. Paul is in a place he doesn't want to be. He's surrounded by people that he wasn't planning on being around. He's in a situation that, that, that's just frustrating. And I don't know about you, but I've been there before. And here Paul is. He's trying to make the most of it. He's thinking, okay, we're here. It says in verse 2, the islanders were showing kindness. They built a fire. They welcomed us because it was rainy and cold. Paul's tired. He's cold. It's rainy. And he thinks, okay, I'm going to go sit by this fire. This fire will be nice. Finally, I have something nice that, that I can warm myself up. I'm cold. I've been drifting at sea, holding on to the wood out in the ocean. And all of a sudden, as he sits down by the fire, it says in verse 3, out of the brushwood, when he was sitting by the fire, a viper came out from the heat and fastened itself on Paul's hand. The closer you get to the fire, the more the snakes are going to come out. The closer you get to the thing that God has called you to do. If snakes are coming out, it's because you're closer to your purpose than you've ever been. The closer you get to advancing the kingdom of God and doing what God's called you to do, the snakes are going to come out. The disappointment will try to fasten itself to you. Be careful what you let and who you let fasten themselves to you. A poisonous snake, the intention of that poisonous snake is to kill Paul slowly but surely. That poison would go into his veins and within 30 minutes he would die. It would begin to blur his vision, cause him to start seeing things that weren't real. It would cause muscle fatigue. It would gradually make his body numb. And then over time, these kinds of poisonous snakes would cause him to fall over, paralyzed, and then die. That's the plan of the enemy. The plan of disappointment is to paralyze you and to stop you from moving forward, to convince you this is your final scene. The plan of disappointment, what the enemy wants to do with disappointment is to blur your vision. When that snake fastened itself onto Paul, the first thing a poisonous snake does is it causes you to blur your vision, to stop seeing what you should see. Can I tell you right now that Paul had a vision of going to Rome. Paul had a vision of being used by God. Don't let go of the vision God has for you. And even when you face disappointment, one of the best ways to defeat disappointment is to get a vision of hope, get a vision of faith. My best days are still in front of me. God's going to get me through this. Paul had a vision. He had already been through tough times. This wasn't Paul's first rodeo. Paul had been through disappointment before. He understood this is not how it ends. He had a vision of hope. But once that snake fastened itself onto him, and I, I wonder what kind of snakes have been trying to fasten themselves onto you. I wonder what kind of disappointment has been trying to fasten itself on you. Maybe it's relational disappointment. Maybe it's career disappointment. Maybe it's just disappointment in our country. Maybe it's disappointment because of a mistake you made or a mistake someone else made. Maybe you're just feeling frustrated. How do you have faith in the wild when you are so disappointed by what's going on in your life? How do you overcome that? Paul shows us in this moment in verse four, it says the people who were there at once who were showing kindness, they watched and they were waiting for him to die. And they said, this man must be a murderer. 
this man must have done something wrong because the goddess justice will not allow him to live. He escaped the storm, but he will not escape the snake. There are people that are waiting for you to fall. There are people who are hoping you will fail. They are watching and they're trying to figure out how's he going to get out of this. That's how the enemy works. I was reading Matthew 7 this morning, and and I was reading the part where Jesus said, judge not lest you not be judged, lest you be judged. And he said, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye when there's a log in your own eye? And I was reading that, and it's not even part of my sermon, but I was thinking about how there's often so many people who are like those islanders who are watching, and they're assigning reasons of why the snake bit you. They're assigning reasons for your disappointment. You must be in sin. I knew, I knew you were a bad guy. I knew there was stuff in you. And we're, const- we're living in a hostile society where people are literally waiting for others to die, hoping they'll die from COVID, hoping they'll get sick, pointing their fingers. I knew he was a bad guy, saying all kinds of stuff. And here's how you handle the criticism when you're walking through a disappointment. You pay no attention fighting sideward battles. It's a waste of your time to try to prove yourself to the critics. Do not entrust your identity in what the crowd has to say about you. The crowd did not qualify you and they cannot disqualify you. The crowd did not anoint you and they cannot unanoint you. They didn't call you into ministry and they can't stop you from fulfilling your ministry. When God has his hand on you, no matter what the crowd says, you're going to get through this. Paul had to pay no attention as they're watching. They're not even helping. Like, I think Paul's standing there like, hello, can somebody help me? I'm, I'm go- I, like, I got a snake hanging from my arm. And everybody's like, hmm, well, what did you do to deserve that? <laughs> Grace doesn't make sense. Grace seems so unfair until you need it. Grace doesn't make sense. It's not fair until you need it. All of us will face disappointment. All of us will need grace at some point. Be careful being the Pharisee that lifts up the stone when someone else has fallen. Saying, ah, I can't wait to stone this guy. Yeah, he deserves it. And what do you deserve? Just because you didn't get bit by a snake doesn't mean you don't deserve the same pain that he's walking through. Paul's going to show us that when you walk through pain and disappointment, there will be people who hope that you fall who hope this ends your ministry, who think you should die. You've got to be careful not to place your identity. How do I defeat disappointment? I got to remember not what the crowd says I am. And I'm so thankful that this church is not made up of a crowd, but made up of a core. Like there's a group of people in this church that are committed to the kingdom and the mission and the vision of God. And they're not just here because of a personality or because it's trendy or because a pandemic's going on. There is a core. I'm so give it up for the core. If you're part of the core and you go, man, I just love what God has called this house to do. I am here through hell or high water. I am part of what God is going to do in this church. But even the core, Jesus had a core. And when Jesus was going through his snake bite, when he was on the cross, that core ran. (laughs) So you can't even entrust your identity in what the core says about you. If you can't trust what the crowd is going to say about you, because one day they will tell you that you're a murderer and the next day they'll say that you're a God. And then the core, they'll be with you. But then when things get really, really intense, they might leave. That's what happened with Jesus. 
Who do you entrust your identity to when you're walking through disappointment, when you're in the prison, when you're in the place of shame and feeling like you're attacked on all sides? You've got to look up and say, I am who God says I am. I am a child of God. This snake will not end my ministry. This storm will not stop my ministry. This prison does not define who I am. Sure, I'm in disappointment, but I'm getting out of this because I'm remembering who I am in Christ. Keep your vision and your identity identity on God when you're facing disappointment. When Paul shook it off, watch this in verse five, it says he shook off the snake back into the fire. He shook, somebody say, shake it off. Shake off the snake. When Paul saw them all looking, see, God didn't stop the snake from biting Paul, but God did stop the bite from killing Paul. God won't stop the disappointment from coming at you, but he will stop the disappointment from taking you out. I'm reminded of the Fred Hammond song. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, it can't come. No, I don't know the rest of it. (laughs) Y'all like, I don't think that's how it ended, but... The point is no weapon formed against me. No weapon formed against me shall, it's gonna come. It will be formed, but it will not prosper. The snake will bite, but the bite won't kill me. When Paul saw them all looking, Paul's response in this moment, I'm going to shake it, shake it. I'm going to shake it off. When Paul responded, how you respond to life's disappointments will determine if you fulfill your purpose. How you respond. I can't, I can't control what you do to me, but I can control how I respond to you. I can't control what happens to me. It's inevitable. Disappointment's going to come, but how I respond. Sometimes you have to get up on the stage and preach yourself back into joy. Preach yourself back into faith. Talk yourself back into victory. Sometimes you have to be the only visionary casting vision in the middle of a pandemic saying, we're going to get through this. Though the weapon may be formed, it shall not prosper. Though the snake may bite, it will not take me out. Maybe I'm preaching to just me this morning and that's okay. How do I defeat disappointment? I got to have a playlist. I got to have a prison playlist. Maybe the first song is shake it off. Shake it off. The snake bit Paul to stop him from doing three things, working, worshiping, and writing. Paul was working. He was there to work for God's calling on his life. He was there to worship God. He was there to write the rest of Romans. He was there to write Philippians. He was there to write Ephesians. He was there to finish 2 Timothy. He was there to finish what he had started. The snake didn't want Paul to to go to the next page. He wanted Paul to get stuck on that one scripture of disappointment. The enemy wants you to get stuck on a page, stuck on a failure, stuck on what you did, stuck on what they did, stuck in offense, stuck in bitterness. You can get bitter or you can get better, but the only way you're going to do it is when you shake that snake off and start writing another page. It's time to turn the page. It's time to move forward. Don't stay too long in your prison of disappointment. The snake wanted Paul to stop writing. If I can stop him from writing, I can stop him from writing a future vision. Write the vision down. Make it plain so that he who reads it may run with it. The snake wanted to stop Paul's future. But Paul knew this snake is not my first problem. Paul refused to die. When Paul shook it off, watch what happens next in verse 6. When the people expected him to swell up and suddenly fall dead. 
after waiting a long time. Here's the same crowd people waiting for Paul to fall over and die from this disappointment, this snake bite. And now that he doesn't die, first they called him a murderer. Now they change their minds and they say, he must be a God. Paul put himself neither in the crowd or the core, but his identity was once again in God. He recognized this disappointment is a setback, but it is a set up for a comeback. God is going to use this disappointment to launch my ministry. Sure, I feel like I'm living in misery, but God's going to turn my misery into ministry. God's going to turn this test into a testimony. God's going to turn my mess into a message. What the enemy sent to destroy you, God is going to use to propel you. What the enemy sent to shut down the church, God is going to use to propel his church forward in a pandemic. Paul knew, I've been through this before. Just say that with me. I've been through this before. Paul had a playlist before he ended in this disappointment. Paul had a playlist before he had been bit by a snake. It was in Acts 16. I've been here before. Ashley, we've been here before. We've faced this kind of disappointment before. This is not our first rodeo. This is not our first pandemic. This is not our first problem. I remember in 2011, Ashley and I, we had just been married for about a couple years. My father had just passed away. It was still feeling very fresh. And I remember this one night we were at our young adult service. We were the pastors for our young adults ministry 3D. And um, this one night was just really bad. Like a lot of bad things happened. People came up to me after service. They said, we're leaving. We're never coming back. You're a terrible pastor. Said mean things. And I was like, I didn't even do anything unethical. I didn't do anything immoral. I didn't do anything wrong. It was just people. That's the crowd. The fickleness of the crowd. The crowd will call you a murderer in one moment and a God in the next moment. And I was experiencing the rejection of the crowd in that moment. And I felt so discouraged. I came back to our one bedroom condo. I sat there. We had our two dogs. And I just said, Ashley, I just don't think I can do ministry. It's painful. It's hard. It's discouraging. And she was feeling the same way. We're both having our Eeyore pity party, just crying and just petting each other's hair and just telling each other, let's just eat more ice cream. We're just, we're just eating ice cream and we're watching Netflix. Don't act like you've never been there before. I know you've eaten ice cream and watched TV and just lived in your disappointment, the heartache, the heartbreak, the rejection. How many of y'all been there before? half of us. The other half of you are perfect. We envy your life. You've never had a disappointment. God bless you. The rest of us who've had a disappointment, it's painful. You cry yourself to sleep. You don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You can't wait until it's nighttime. And then once it's nighttime, you can't wait until it's morning. And then you check social media and you just feel even more discouraged. And you wonder who's with me. Am I going to get through this? And God, is this my punishment? I know I haven't been perfect, but are you done? That's how I felt that night. And I just said, Ashley, I think I'm done. Man, if I would have quit in 2011, I wouldn't be here right now. That night I started a playlist. Legit, we started a playlist. We went into our living room. And we started a playlist. And we started adding songs to the playlist. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great. How great is our God. The longer that I've had this playlist, the more I've added songs to it. I've seen you move. 
You move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. That's, that's what it's called on my phone, the prison playlist. Because when I'm disappointed, I need a playlist. I need songs to remind me of who I am and who God's called me to be and that God's going to get me through this. I've added other songs since then. Not for a moment was I forsaken. Not for a moment will you forsake me. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. And then I'll start singing. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. You have no rival. You have no equal. I have a playlist. And I go to these songs when I'm facing disappointment. I got Torn Wells song on their hills and valleys. He's the God of the hills and valleys. I can't do what he does. The hills and valleys. Man, these songs bring tears to my eyes because these songs are the songs I go to when I'm disappointed. Everybody needs a prison playlist. Paul knew this snake was not his first disappointment. He had built a playlist. He had built it 14 chapters prior to this. He had even built it before he was in the prison with Silas. He had built it the night that no one stood beside him except for God. He, he built it the day that Barnabas was the only guy who defended him when so many other disciples were ready to stone him and call him the wrong guy for God's calling. You see, when you walk through discouragement, disappointment, rejection, pain, you've got to have a playlist. And I look at Acts chapter 16 and where this prison playlist, I think, really takes off is in Acts 16. I want the keys to come out. It says in verse 16 of Acts 16, once we were going to the place of prayer and we were met by this female who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. In the amplified version, it says this young girl had the spirit of Puthon. The Greek translation is the spirit of Python, the spirit of Python. She would wrap herself around. You see a Python. The goal of a Python is to suck the life out of its victim little by little. A Python is smooth. It's cunning. It's deceptive. If you ever saw the movie Jungle Book, the new one, when the python is wrapping itself around Mowgli, look at me, look at me, and has him in a trance, just smooth, just has Mowgli in a trance. All along, it knows it's going to suck the life out of Mowgli. This young girl is following Paul and Silas. It says every day she begins to attack them. She begins to say things about them, begins to slander them day after day, wrapping herself around Paul and Silas. I think we're living in a time right now in 2020 where there is a spirit of Python in America. There's a spirit of Python around the church trying to wrap itself. The goal of the Python is to take away the breath. <laughs> to stop you from singing. To stop you from praying. To stop you from speaking. Cover the mouth. Take away the breath of the church. Take away the breath of the church. You can't sing, you can't preach, you can't talk, you can't do anything. There's so many double standards connected to this mask mandate that's going on worldwide right now. It's just blowing my mind. I'm all for protecting those who are vulnerable. But right now, there is absolutely religious persecution that is going on in our nation and around the world. There is an all-out demonic agenda to take down the church. 
Friends of mine who have now lost their church, meaning they cannot open up ever again because they're told the bars can operate, the restaurants can operate, protests can happen on the street, but don't you dare open your church to worship. Don't you dare open your church to sing. There's a demonic agenda to suck the life out of the church. When we say, oh, there's no persecution going on, we're just not watching it. We just want to ignore it. We just want to pretend like it's not real, that it'll go away in a year. But in a year, you'll be closed like the theaters. If you don't confront the spirit of Python, it will suck the life. And I'm looking at a church that has confronted this spirit head on, and we are not slowing down. We are not stopping. We are just getting started. When Paul and Silas saw this woman coming day after day, it says in verse 18, look at this in verse, verse 18. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. I love that scripture. Paul became so annoyed. Paul became so annoyed. Pastor Paul got so annoyed at this ridiculous political theater that was just going on in society that finally he just started calling the baloney out of this stuff. He just started talking straight to the spirit and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this spirit to come out. Notice that Paul did not address the woman. He addressed the spirit. We're not in a battle with flesh and blood. I'm not in a war with any man out there. I'm not in a war with the politician. I'm not in a war with people. I'm in a, I'm in a heavenly war. Paul said this war that we are in is not with flesh and blood. It is with principalities and powers and spirits of this dark age. And it is battling right over our heads. Don't rebuke a person that God has actually called you to reach. Rebuke a spirit so that you can pull that person into the church. Could you be pushing away a person that God actually wants to bring in instead of addressing a spirit that's connected to that person, that's connected to that situation? Paul and Silas actually led this woman to Christ. They could have canceled her. They could have pushed her out of the church, but instead they rebuked the spirit and they brought healing to the woman. They brought freedom to the woman. But what they really did is they kicked the hornet's nest because once they broke the bondage of that spirit of Python on the woman, it says in verse 19, when her owners realized, when you mess with the enemy's territory, when you confront the kingdom of darkness. You better be prepared for the response, for the backlash. It will happen. It has happened this year to me. It has happened. But I'm telling you, it comes with the territory. You know what else comes with the territory? The authority of the believer, the victory that I have in Jesus, the scriptures of God's word that has outlasted every attack of the enemy. You know what else comes with the territory? No weapon formed against God's church shall prosper. You know what else comes with the territory? I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Yeah, there's a lot of junk that comes with the territory, but there's a whole lot of victory that comes with the territory too. When Paul confronted this spirit, all of a sudden the hornets started flying and they started attacking Paul and Silas. And it says they dragged Paul and Silas into the marketplace to face the authorities. They wanted to cancel them. Get rid of these pastors. Get rid of this ministry. They're causing, a, they're causing an uproar, it says. They said, these men are Jews, and they're throwing our city into an uproar. 
by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept. They're doing things different. They're breaking down strongholds. The crowd joined in the attack. Once again, the same crowd that Paul and Silas had ministered to, that had led to Christ, that had helped. They had just helped this crowd. Now all of a sudden this crowd is mad at Paul. Never entrust yourself to the crowd. The same people who, who uh, will try to uh, glorify you will also vilify you. They will also come against you. And so Paul and Silas, now they're severely flogged. They're thrown into prison. The jailers commanded to guard them. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. He fastened their feet in stocks. Here, Paul and Silas are once again in a disappointment. They're once again facing something that's frustrating. They were most likely thrown in prison around 5 p.m. that night because they were in the temple at noontime. We automatically jump to the next verse and we go, oh, but at about midnight, they started praising, they started worshiping. Yeah, but before midnight. Because they weren't thrown in there at 1159. They were just in there for one minute and they started singing. No, no, no. They were in there for hours before they started worshiping. I think sometimes we skip over the grieving process of disappointment. We just want people to automatically go into the faith-based confessions and the praise songs and the worship songs. Take a minute to just acknowledge you're in a prison right now. Take a minute to acknowledge you're disappointed. You don't get out of prison until you admit that you're in a prison. Prison break starts with admitting I'm in a prison. The prison playlist, number one, is that it's okay to admit and lament that you're in a prison. It's okay to admit, man, I'm disappointed. This is not what I was hoping for. I'm disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in that. Disappointed in myself. Disappointed in the situation. It's okay to admit it. And it's okay to lament. In fact, God gives so much uh, room in the Old Testament and the New Testament for lamentations. He gives so much room for Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, even David. Half of Psalms, two-thirds of Psalms is David crying out to God saying, God, I need you. I'm hurting. My enemies are surrounding me. My disappointment is too big. My failure, my shame is just too hard to look past. Even Jesus cried out in shame and disappointment. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It wasn't shame. It was just in that moment, Jesus was giving permission to any believer to talk to God and not talk to God just with faith-based words, but talk to God honestly. God can handle your honesty. God can handle. I think Paul and Silas sat there for a second and said, this stinks. This is not right. This is frustrating. The way they're treating Christians right now, the way they're treating the church right now, it is just very, no one breaks out of a prison by living in denial. No one breaks out of, breaks out of the prison of disappointment until they face it. The longer that I took to admit that I was dealing with disappointment when my father passed, the longer it took for me to break out of it. The moment that I said, man, I am sad. He passed away. This is not fair. This is hard. This is like I processed it. All of a sudden, I have the keys now to get out of it. So you go from one, admitting and lamenting to two. This prison break now starts inside of me. Once I've admitted it, I'm not going to live in it. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. So once I've admitted it, now I've got to start taking control of my thoughts, my emotions, my internal voice. I've got to remind myself this is not how it ends. They may shackle my hands, but they cannot shackle my mind. They may shackle my feet, but they cannot shackle my attitude. And my attitude determines my altitude. I may look like I'm shackled, but on the inside, I'm free. And if you can break free on the inside, you'll start to break free on 
on the outside. It's an inside job, you know. I've got to remind myself that, that defeating disappointment, the prison playlist reminds me that I have an inside job first before God will change you on the inside before he changes your outside circumstances. God will help you to walk in victory internally before you see the victory externally. Paul and Silas had to begin to encourage themselves internally. They had to remind themselves not to be defeated. They had to remind themselves this is not how our story ends. They had to fix their focus on faith. Number three, they had to remember, I'm not alone in this prison. I'm not alone in this prison. I'm not the only one going through this disappointment. If you're in a prison of disappointment right now, you're not the only one. If you're in a prison of shame, you're not the only one. If you're in a prison of discouragement, you're not the only one. The enemy thrives on your isolation. If he can convince you to isolate yourself and say, I'm the only one. All by myself. All by myself. <laughs> all of these songs. But I think Paul looked over at Silas as he was thinking, I'm all by myself and goes, no, I'm not. There's another brother that's also in change. There's another brother that's also going through disappointment. Hey, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what Paul said. You got a friend in me. I think Silas was like, yeah. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long, Silas, till I'm going to need somebody to. Come on, church. You guys do well. What I'm trying to say is that you're not alone. And once you pull someone into your prison of disappointment and say, I need you to sing with me. I need you to stick with me. I need you to stir me up. I need you to help me in this moment. You see, one, one all by himself doesn't have much power. But two, two, Jesus says two. When two or three come together in prayer, there's power in numbers. There's power in a community. There's power when the church gathers. There's power when you pull people in and say, I need you to sing with me. I need you to pray with me. I need you to worship with me. I need you to remind me that I'm not the only guy who's facing disappointment. If you walk through a divorce, you're not the only one. If you walk through the loss of a family member, you're not the only one. If you lost your baby, you're not the only one. If you had a miscarriage, you're not the only one. If you lost your job, you're not the only one. If you're feeling frustrated with the nation, you're not the only one. If you're disappointed in someone, you're not the only one. If you're disappointed in yourself, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. So pull somebody in and say, man, I need you to sing with me. I need you to pray with me. Paul knew I can't break out of prison by myself. I need a partner. My playlist needs a partner. My playlist needs a partner. I need somebody who's going to do it with me. I'll tell you this. When Ashley and I that night began to sing, Jeremiah, where are you at? Jeremiah, come out here. Because there's something powerful about a duet. John, come up here. I need my brother, John. John, will you hop up here? Okay, how about all three of us? DC Talk, let's do this. All right, John's leaving us. <laughs> when you are going through a battle, I've oftentimes pulled people in and said, hey, will you just speak a word of life over me? I'll get a text message from a friend. 
and say, hey, just remember this scripture, Paul. I'll call someone and say, hey, I don't know why. Like this last night, I just felt like I was supposed to encourage Stephen Furtick. I just said, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you. And then he just sent me the most encouraging word back. And I'll do that oftentimes, whether it's with him or Mike Todd or with my friend Daniel Henshaw. I'll do it with Jonathan Stockstill. I'll do it with Daniel Mao, Ashley and I. But there's something powerful about encouraging your brothers, standing with them. We were singing in the last service. And I want us to do it for a second, because sometimes people, people need someone else to sing with them. So you sing the first line, even when I don't see it. And John and I will sing the second line. Yeah, 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 yeah. go ahead. You're working. Even when I don't feel it. You're working. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. You're working, even when I don't feel it. You're working, you never stop. You never stop working, you never stop. You never stop working, even when I don't see it. You're working, and even when I don't feel it. You're working, you never stop. You never stop working, you never stop. Give these guys a big hand. Come on. Verse 25, come on, that's what you get in the 11 a.m. service. It just gets wild when we're not. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas. Somebody said, and Silas. And Silas, and Jeremiah, and Ashley, and your husband, and your wife. Pull someone in. Both of them, both of them, they both started praying. Number four, prayer produces power in any prison that the enemy tries to put you in. My prison playlist needs prayer. I've got to pray because prayer precedes praise. Prayer releases heaven's help. Prayer is waging war in the supernatural realm. Pray in the spirit and pray in your known tongue. Pray on all occasions. Prayer helps me to realize this adversity is an opportunity for God to be glorified in and through me. Prayer is my communion with God. Prayer is how I fight my battles. The spirit of Python is trying to stop the breath of the church. The breath of the church is to pray, to praise, to give thanks to God. Prayer unlocks the key. It unlocks the door. As they begin to pray, number five, they started to worship. Start your prison praise playlist. Start your prison praise playlist. Turn your prison of pain into a prison of praise. Turn your prison of pain into a prison of praise. At midnight hour, after they admitted we're in a prison, after they realized we're not in this alone, after they took authority of their thoughts, after they started praying, they started to worship. They started to sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Worship is the key that unlocks the chains. Worship unlocks the chains that are holding you down. Praise paves the way into your victory. As they begin to praise, it says in verse 26, an earthquake suddenly begin to shake the prison doors. I feel like preaching, man. I feel like someone right now is experiencing a suddenly. There's going to be a suddenly shaking of the prison doors, a sudden change of circumstances, a suddenly. Here's what Paul and Silas had to realize. This is frustrating right now. This prison of disappointment is real. But a year from now, we're going to look back on this and laugh. Have you ever walked through something that just felt so overwhelming in the moment, and then two years later, you never thought about it really ever again? (laughs) Or when you thought about it, you're like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Felt like the end of my world when she broke up with me. 
And now I'm like, what? I got Ashley Hope Doherty. I don't even remember that other girl's name. <laughs> Felt like the end of my life when I lost the eighth grade basketball championship at Evangelistic Temple. I thought my career was over. I thought nobody would ever like me again. So disappointed in myself. I performed so bad. But here I am, 20 years later, and I'm still talking about it. <laughs> I got over it. God gave me a new, new career. God gave me a new life. I think sometimes we look back on moments and we think, man, this is so hard. This, how are we going to get through this? And it's like social media and everything. It's overwhelming. And two years from now, Paul and Silas had to remind themselves, we're going to praise our way out of this prison. We're going to praise our way out of this disappointment. And one day we'll look back and we, will, we won't remember the pain of it. We'll remember the victory over it. We'll remember how God got us through it. We'll remember that this is how we fight our battles. This is how we raise a hallelujah in the midst of the pain. Number six, your prison has a purpose that's bigger than you. The other prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas. They were watching. There's always people watching on Twitter, watching on Instagram, watching, watching in the city, watching, 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 listening. There's always people listening to you, watching. How are you going to get through this divorce? How are you going to handle this? How are you going to overcome this? What are you going to do? They're watching because they have their own disappointment. They're watching because they're in their own prison. Morgan Freeman never would have made it out of Shawshank if Andy Dufresne had not ended up in there. Someone's counting on you to break out of prison because they've been in there their whole life. Maybe you're in the prison because God sent you there to get Morgan Freeman out, to get that other guy out, to get that other girl out. Maybe you're in that disappointment because God says, I didn't send it. But I've been needing to get a group of people out of suicidal thoughts for a long time. And I just trust you, Paul. I trust that you're going to overcome these suicidal thoughts. And once you do, I'm about to rescue a dozen people that have been trapped on that bridge for 30 years. And because I'm pulling you out of this disappointment, I'm able to pull an entire prison load of men and women out of that drug addiction, out of that habit that you've been in a prison in for a long time out of that shame that woman in the room today you've carried shame you've been in a prison of shame and God says I didn't send the shame but because you walk through that shame because you grew up with that kind of a dad because you walk through that pain with that husband and all of that stuff God says I'm going to use what the enemy meant for harm for your good and not just for your good but for all the other women that needed to see your victory so they could get out of the abusive toxic relationship they were trapped into your victory is their victory. Your testimony is now their testimony. This prison has a purpose that's bigger than you. Watch this. Paul and Silas, they lead the entire prison cell, all the people to the Lord. They baptize the prison guard, his entire family. Now, I started in Acts 28 and I went back to Acts 16. But look at Acts 28. After Paul shook off the snake, after he shook off the disappointment and the islanders were watching, Paul reminds himself of his prison playlist. He goes, I've been through disappointment before. I'm going to get through this. There must be favor on the other side of this. There must be a mission on the other side of this disappointment. It says when the people saw he didn't die, they asked him to come and pray for the Islanders head chief, Publius. They needed to pray for, for this man. He was sick. He was suffering in fever. God used Paul to go and pray right after he had walked through a disappointment. God used Paul to bring healing to this island. 
And the same hand that was bit by a snake, Yvonne, will you stand up? The same hand that had been through disappointment, the same arm that had walked through the pain, now God was about to use that hand to be laid on Publius and to bring healing to that man. So many of us, we want to hide our scars, hide our disappointment. But Paul stretched out the hand that had been bitten, the same hand that had walked through disappointment, the same church that walked through pain, the same church the enemy tried to use to take out is now bringing healing to an entire city, bringing hope to an entire nation. We got through it in 2012. We got through it in 2014. We're getting through it in 2020. But the way you overcome disappointment, come on, stand to your feet all over this room. The way you defeat disappointment, the way you use your prison playlist is you remind yourself, God has a purpose that's bigger than my pain. God's going to get me through this, but he's also going to use me to bring healing to people that have been in it. And he's going to use my praise to break chains, not just for me, but other people. When you begin to worship, worship is a weapon against discouragement. Worship is a weapon against depression. Worship is a weapon when you begin to worship in your worst it's easy to praise. It's easy to have faith when everything's going your way. It's easy to worship when you're having a great day. But can you worship in a valley? Can you have faith in the wild? Can you have faith in a prison? Can you have faith when you're feeling attacked? Can you have faith when you're feeling disappointed? Can you choose to praise? They say, doctors say the cure to every virus is oftentimes found within the virus. The venom of every poisonous snake that comes in you is also the anti-venom that cures you of the snake. Right now, as they're developing vaccines for COVID-19, they are testing part of the very stuff that's in COVID-19 to bring the vaccine for healing for those who have it. But here's what I will say. Oftentimes, our disappointment, the thing that try to take us out, the hand that was bitten became the hand that brought healing. The disappointment God is going to use as the vaccine to bring healing. It's the wounded healer. Jesus said, Thomas, look at my pain. Look at my scars. I wouldn't be able to relate with you had I not been on that cross. I wouldn't be able to save you had I not gone through the disappointment. It was painful. I felt frustrated. I was abandoned. I felt like you guys all ran out on me. But because I went through it, I can get you out of it. I can bring healing to somebody who's been in it. Your disappointment is your greatest ministry. Your misery is your ministry. The place of your greatest misery will be the place of your greatest ministry. And maybe this is for someone two years from now. I don't know. Someone's going to watch this a year from now. You're not in a disappointment right now, but you will be. Some of you are in one right now. And God's saying, you're going to get through this. Acts, Acts 16 says it ended with daylight came. Daylight came. Daylight came. Daylight is coming. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You're not stuck in midnight forever. You're not stuck in this disappointment forever. It's not permanent. Your failure is not permanent. You're going to overcome this. Don't quit at midnight. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you're here right now and the enemy has been just throwing discouragement, chains of disappointment, discouragement on you, and you need to praise your way out of this. You need to lift your eyes up today. You need to declare victory. You need to rise up. This word was for you. You know it was for you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over this room. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 yes. Today. Yeah. 
The enemy's just been messing with you. And you're in the middle of a disappointment, but you're also in the middle of a comeback. You're in the middle of a miracle. You're in the middle of coming through this. If that's you, if you just feel like you need to break out of a prison of something, shame, discouragement, disappointment, addictions, habits, fear, whatever it is, the enemy's been messing with you, a prison of confusion. And today's your day to get out. If that's you, raise your hand because we're going to worship here. And if you raise your hand, I want you to leave your seat. Come and join me right now. Paul and Silas began to pray and praise. They begin to worship. I want us to sing Waymaker. And as you come down to this altar, you just close your eyes and lift your hands. Turn this prison of pain into a prison of praise. Turn this into a place of worship. Yeah, just begin to sing to the Lord this morning. You're going to praise your way out of disappointment. You're going to praise your way out of pain. You're going to praise your way out of discouragement. You're going to praise your way out of every attack that the enemy planned to try to cancel your assignment. Today is the day that you tell the devil, I refuse to stay down. I refuse to be defeated. I refuse to stay discouraged. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to stay disappointed. I am rising up. I am defeating this today in Jesus' name. That is who you are. this my friend you're getting out of this my friend you are not confused you are not ashamed you are not staying in that prison any longer you are coming out in Jesus name that is who you are that is who you are even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you never stop you never stop you never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it. You work. Even when I don't feel it. You work it. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it. You work. Even when I don't feel it. You work it. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. God says there's healing that's going to flow through your hands. There's healing that's going to flow through your voice. God's going to use what you've walked through to bring healing to other people. There's a ministry connected to your misery. There's, there's a message connected to the test you've walked through. 
what the enemy sent as a test to take you out, God's going to use as a stepping stone to propel you forward into your future. God didn't send it, but he's going to use it. He's going to use the snake bite. He's going to use the storm. He's going to use the shipwreck. He's going to use every disappointment you've walked through. I hear God saying, you're not punished. This is not a punishment. This adversity is not a punishment sent from God. This disappointment is not a punishment. God says, no, 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 no. Stop looking at me as if I'm the author of the disappointment. God says, I'm the author of your opportunities. I'm the author of your destiny. I'm the author of your prosperity. I'm the author of your future. I'm the good shepherd. I'm going to lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. I didn't cause the valley of the shadow of death. I'm the shepherd who's going to bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. And I wouldn't bring you through it if I didn't believe there's something better on the other side. God says, I'm going to bring you through it because I have something greater waiting for you. There's favor on the other side of this disappointment. There's victory. God's going to bless you. You lost a job. God says, I've got a better job ahead. You lost a loved one. You lost something that meant something to you. God says, don't worry. I'm going to get you through this. And I have something great in your future. I have something beautiful in your future. God, God specializes in using our scars as stars for his glory. He specializes in turning our wounds into the very testimony of the healing grace that he ministered in us. Now he's ministering through us to other people's wounds. So Lord, I just pray right now for every person who just feels trapped in a prison. Lord, that today as they begin to praise, as they begin to pray, as they pull in a partner, God, someone to sing with, someone to pray with, someone to encourage, someone to send a scripture to. Lord, I pray that chains would begin to fall off. Prison doors would begin to open up. Lord, I pray where they've felt discouraged, depressed, where they've felt stressed, where they felt like they are the biggest failure, that today, God, you are breaking off those chains of shame. You're breaking off the chains of failure, of guilt, of disappointment. And today, you are releasing the captives. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to set the captives free, to open the blind eyes. Lord, I thank you that today, God, the Spirit of the Lord is upon this church and that there's freedom that's coming right now in this room. I just want to pray for those of you that are here today and you say, man, I'm not right with God and I need to get right with God. I need to repent. I need to receive salvation. I need God's forgiveness. If that's you today, raise your hand. The angels rejoice when just one sinner repents and says, I'm ready to get right. Today, I see hands going up all across this altar and across this room. Come on. It's a fresh start. It's a new day, sir. It's a new day, ma'am. You are not your past. You are not what you've done. You are not a failure. Today, the grace of God is meeting you right where you're at. The salvation of God is here. Salvation is now. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you that I have victory over every disappointment. So I am not staying defeated. I am not staying in this prison. I'm breaking free by the grace of God, by the power of God. I'm going to see the victory in Jesus name. Amen and amen. I love you, Victory. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week. Encourage somebody on your way out today.